0: Welcome to Financial Planning for Oil and Gas Professionals, hosted by certified financial planners Justin Brownlee and Jared Machen of Brownlee Wealth Management. The only podcast dedicated to those of you in the oil and gas profession to help you optimize investments, lower future taxes, and grow your wealth. Learn more and subscribe today at brownleewealthmanagement.com. Welcome
1: back to another episode of FPOG, Otherwise known as financial planning for oil and gas professionals. This week on the podcast, we're going to talk about the benefits of a bear market. Uh, we're going to talk about what they are, what, what history says about them. And then we're also going to talk about turning lemons into lemonade. Are there, are there strategies or things that we could do to actually take advantage of a bear market? Things that would be better off being done during a bear market. So Justin, we are in a bear market. Uh, what is, a bear market, because there's a lot of speculation about here, crash, correction, bear market, all of those things are used interchangeably. But what, what is a bear
2: market? It is a bad time. Uh, just kidding. A bear market, the technical definition is a 20% drop in value. So you go back to an all-time high, super easy for us right now. The all-time high was uh, the very beginning of the year. So you could just show year-to-date returns, and you will see that we are more than 20% down year-to-date Uh, So that would be the technical definition.
1: Yeah. So I think, so yeah, 10, anything above 10%, less than 20% is a market correction. Anything above 20% is a bear market, which is a substantial, substantial drop, but it's not historically unprecedented from 1926 through 2021 or 2022, there have been 18 bear markets, uh, so 18 times, and the range of outcomes is falls from 20% um, down as little as 21% and down as much as 80%. But so on average, it's mid 30%. And on average, uh, bear markets last around 10 months, uh, if, if you take the average of all those.
2: Now, one quick clarification there. When we talk about the length of the bear market, we are not saying that it takes 10 months for the market to recover and get back to even. Uh, That is significantly longer. But the duration of the market tumbling down, falling in value, uh, that's the average. And I want to say the longest is somewhere around 24 to 36 months. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But that being said, right, not uncomfortable, not comfortable, but it is a part of investing, right? So 18 times. Um, so, you know, 18 different instances of, since over the last approximately 100 years where you've had those drawdowns and and even substantially worse than what we've experienced this year. But, right, would you still not want to be an investor if that were the case? $100, $100 invested with dividends reinvested uh, beginning in year 2026 is compounded to over a million dollars.
2: So a hundred dollars turned into a million dollars. Yes. In spite in spite of 18 horrible market crashes. And uh, we didn't even go into the history of market corrections. I believe there, is, there have been about 70 or 80 market corrections during that same period. So market falling 10% in value.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's just really the beauty of investing that those two things can be true. That there's 18... Uh, 18 bear markets over that time period, average drawdowns over 30%, and and that much growth has happened. Uh, so those two things could be true. So uh I guess the first point about this bear market is just you know looking back and saying, hey, this is not forever. Uh and Morgan Housel writes about this in his book, but talking about how uh the vol the volatility is really the cost of admission. It's not a, it's not a bug of the market, it's the reason why. Uh, you can grow and compound money in the, in the stock market over a long period of time because you are bearing the brunt of that investment risk. There's no, there's no free lunch. There's no riskless assets. And so this is, you know, this is one of the things you are compensated for, but it's good to contextualize this and look back and say, hey, these bear markets happen and they will continue to happen. And despite that, it's being a long-term investor uh, is a great idea.
2: One of the most incredible things about about life is the fact that if you have the freedom to just open and start a business, you have the ability to create anything. And there there is no ceiling. There is no limit to what it can become. Uh, and investing, just like you said, the price of admission is the fact that there is no guarantee. A free market means something can fail if it is not good. If there is a better competitor, a better alternative, uh, yes, something can go bankrupt. Something can go out of business. But the beautiful thing is that uh, the markets that w- we're able to invest in, I mean, you, you have the ability to open a business and have it become something incredible um, and, and truly just grow without limits.
1: So s- silver lining is bear markets are not forever. And uh, there's a fun statistic uh, that I just want to talk about. Uh, through. So after 20% market declines, uh, and here's a, there's a slide from dimensional that we'll share, uh, the average, the five-year average cumulative investment return is 71.8% over a five-year period. So the return after a 20% market decline. Um, so things, you know, things are dark today, but historically, uh, the range of outcomes is pretty good. And there's usually some, some favorable appreciation ahead. How how long that takes, there's a very wide range of outcomes, but that's why we remain long-term investors. So point number one, it's not forever and it's part of it. But point number two, Justin, these, these are going to be a bunch of points, but there are actually ways we could turn lemons into lemonade. There are a few strategies that are things that we can do that are actually better to do in a bear market than in a booming bull market. What are, what are some of those things?
2: Yes. And so I think the first thing we can uh, talk about is any cash that's on the sideline. Jared, what, what was the phrase you just used? I, I think you use some terminology about after a bear market, the next, however many months or years is typically really positive in the market. Uh, did we have some graphs that we were sharing on our show notes there? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's showing the average cumulative return uh, after a 20% market decline. So since 1926, the five-year average cumulative return is 71.8%, which is well above the market's historical average.
2: Okay. That's unbelievable. So 71% return over a five-year period. Um, So I think the first thing I want to call out is any available cash uh, invest it. That's an incredible way to turn lemons into lemonade. And, you know, we're, we are far from the first people to suggest this, but uh, every other thing in life, when it goes on sale, humans get really excited to buy it. Stocks are this unique thing that when they go on sale, humans get really scared to buy them. Um, and I think there's a lot of social proof dynamics that go into that. But uh, I, Again, we're not the first people to come up with this, far from it, but it has to be shared. Um, When when something is on sale, when something loses 20% of its value and you have the opportunity to buy it, historically, it has been an incredible, unique opportunity.
1: Yeah. But not only is it an incredible, unique opportunity to put money to work, it's also an incredible, unique opportunity to look at your embedded capital gains right one of the things uh there's two right there's considerations uh embedded stocks so when a portfolio comes over when you're managing a portfolio there are some stocks that have really large capital gains uh that you don't want to blow out of because it creates a substantial tax consequence and of course that needs to be in held in tension with having a thoughtfully diversified portfolio but assuming you have some stocks that have had really large embedded capital gains, now might be a great time to look at that list and see, hey, is there anything that's any of those stocks that have gone from short term to long term or where the gain as a percentage or in a dollar value is substantially lower than it was to where you might have another loss you can use to offset that gain. So, it's an opportunity to, you know, move out of a, some suboptimal positions that you may have held on to longer than you had planned because of a uh, potential capital gains Tax consequence, um, and the caveat there is that the tax tail shouldn't wag, wag the dog. So we wouldn't recommend under diversifying for the sake of saving on capital gains. But naturally, people do have you know a small small portfolios or small positions with large embedded gains. So this is a great time to look at those and and kind of reassess and see if there's any opportunities that might not have existed earlier in the year.
2: That's a great thought. Uh, when you think about migrating to the optimal long term portfolio, sometimes sometimes tax reasons can really be a a, a road bump uh, that halts you from doing that. So it could be a great opportunity. You know, we did mention it's a great time to invest excess cash. I want to also just throw a quick caveat out there. And I think this, I want to say I saw this either at Dimensional or uh, you mentioned, um, is it the Psychology of Money Morgan Housel's book? I think maybe both sources mentioned this fact. If you invest at all-time highs, so we just said that if you have the ability to invest in a market crash, it it can be an incredible opportunity for you. But even if you invest at all-time highs, uh, I want to say Dimensional's research is showing that uh, the five-year return on all-time highs is an annualized 10% per year over the past 80 years since World War II, uh, which is just an unbelievable statistic. Uh, so in other words, investing at all times is, is really quite good. Um, but boy, if you get to invest during a down market, it is, it is, it is just so much, more, so much better. Um, it is a unique opportunity. You should not assume that, uh, you will get the opportunity to buy broad market indices at the prices you're seeing during a market crash again.
1: Yeah. And the reason why investing at all-time highs is a good thing because the velocity of all-time highs are substantial. So if anybody wants to scare you about all-time highs being not a good time to invest.
2: Yeah. It's just crazy. Do not ever believe it.
1: Yeah. There were 18 bear markets from 1926. In the year 2021, there were, 60 new, there were over 60 new market highs in a single year.
2: 60? Yeah. six zero. Unbelievable. So sorry, I just had to hijack you know, this entire topic is is ways to make lemons, you know, lemonade out of lemons with the market crash here. But yes, you should be excited to invest excess cash during a market crash. You should be very excited. And for crying out loud, do not try and, and think that you're going to know exactly what the bottom is. Um, invest early and often. And, you know, if you are in a 401k and have automated investments and can dollar cost average in, gosh, this is a great opportunity to buy more and more shares.
1: So another way to make lemons out of lemonade, strategically withdrawing from your portfolio, right? So if you had a 60-40 portfolio at the beginning of the year, bonds are down a little bit too, but you have substantially less equity than uh, than you did at the beginning of the year. So a prudently managed portfolio should be taking from the fixed income. Uh, and if anything, rebalancing back into your uh Equity exposure, right? So, so we've talked about this before. But what kills an investor is not being a net seller, is not market declines, but being a net seller of equities during market declines. So dynamic withdrawals and rebalancing that happens during this process is a great way to ensure you are, in fact, a net buyer um, during a sustained market downturn.
2: Great, great point. And, you know, you bring up, I love those terms. Are you a net buyer or are you a net seller? Now, you know, we do want to point out the obvious. At some point, everyone is likely to be a net seller. Um, If you are retired and it's been five or 10 years since you retired, it is very likely that, hey, if there's a sustained market downturn, uh, yeah, you might be a net seller over the next five years or so. Uh, but if you dynamically manage withdrawals, that can greatly, greatly limit the damage that's done. Uh, so in other words, it's okay. It's okay to live off of your wealth. It's okay um, to retire at some point. Um, and it is okay to take withdrawals from your portfolio. Uh, but if you are just taking from stocks as they lose their value, that's going to hurt. Uh, but if you can pause all withdrawals for a period of time from stocks as they drop in value, if you can pause your distributions from the stock portion of your portfolio, uh, and instead, Jared and I talk about a war chest in a lot of our retirement income podcasts. Um, so if you have a war chest of cash or bonds, things that are not correlated with the stock market, take from those during this time that can be a uh, incredible way to mitigate some of the damage that's done during market crashes but you know there's disclaimers uh, every financial podcast has legal disclaimers that this is not advice and gosh this is probably the most uh stark reason why this is a high stakes period of time market crashes in retirement need to be managed properly and you either need to know what you're doing or you need to get with your advisor who does uh, because this is an important time to make sound decisions in your withdrawal strategy.
1: Yeah. So in addition to dynamic withdrawals, we would say opportunistic Roth conversions. Uh, and what do we mean by that? So if you're converting assets at uh, de- depressed prices, uh, you're getting to. Convert a higher number of shares for the same tax value as as opposed to what you would have converted in January. So what this uh, what this allows for is thinking back to the uh, the data that we mentioned about the subsequent five year returns after after these uh, price declines. All of at once a Roth conversion, the assets have been moved to a tax free account. That rebound happens in a tax free account, right? So. Getting you you get a larger dollar a larger value uh, a larger number of shares so that when the appreciation happens it's it's in a tax free wrapper versus a pre- versus in a in a tax deferred wrapper where you, you are going to owe taxes on that so this is a great time to uh, consider Roth conversions
2: yeah. I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, there's two reasons to do Roth conversions. Uh, the first reason you would do a Roth conversion is um, tax rate arbitrage. You have a lower tax rate today than you're likely going to face in a future year. So that's an obvious reason to do a Roth conversion. But Jared, just like you mentioned, if the market is severely uh, uh depressed in value and you can convert, you know, X dollars today or X shares today at a much lower price and the recovery happens in a tax-free account, that is really compelling. And if both of those reasons line up, if you do have tax rate arbitrage and there's a market crash, that can be some of your most effective Roth conversions. So we talk a lot about a lifetime tax rate. We want to lower your lifetime tax rate and we want to lower the tax rate that your that your beneficiaries are exposed to. Um, and so managing Roth conversions during a market crash can be a great opportunity to do that. Did we talk about harvesting cap gains?
1: No, I saved that for last. Yeah, let's talk about, yeah, talk about harvesting cap gains and we'll also t- cover tax loss harvesting. Talk about harvesting cap gains. What do you mean by that?
2: Yes, and so I really want to go into there. There's there's two things to think about there, and it's really going to go into harvesting losses. Um, but depending on your total income, you know, the first thought is there is a zero percent capital gains tax bracket, uh, and so sometimes you want to harvest gains if you uh, have an adjusted gross income and maybe you're in retirement and your adjusted gross income is less than uh, one hundred thousand. If you're married filing joint. Uh, you probably have some room to harvest some gains at a 0% tax bracket, especially with uh, prices coming down further. It, it, it might be even more possible. Um, but then how about harvesting losses? What do we want to touch on there?
1: Yeah. So harvesting losses is uh, tax loss. Harvesting is more common strategy, not tax or legal advice, just a general framework for how it works. But the uh, you know when prices decline. It, for example, uh, if if you bought a stock in January, you're now holding it at a loss, uh, and that's an unrealized loss, so it doesn't impact your tax picture. So, but if you if you were to sell that position and realize the loss, uh, that could be used to offset future capital gains and uh, a small potentially a little bit of uh, income tax. But the problem is if you sell, what uh, your exposure, your portfolio has changed, so you can buy. Uh, you can buy another security uh, that's not substantially similar uh, i will leave that to your tax professional to determine what that means um but so you have something that has comparable market exposure and then you you must hold that position for at least 31 days and then at that point you can make a decision about rebuying what you wanted to hold or continuing to hold the position that you bought in exchange of it but it's it it's it's locking in to freezing that that realized loss and and moving it from an unrealized loss to a realized loss. So you could take advantage of, uh, of it from a tax perspective because volatility happens Um, and this is in taxable accounts. So tax deferred accounts, it wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be applicable, but harvesting both gains and losses are a substantial uh, opportunity. Once, once volatility arises.
2: Absolutely. And if you're able to use some of these down markets to harvest losses, It also expands the amount of uh, tax-free or 0% capital gains uh, income that you can enjoy in future years. So let's say that you've got a bunch of funds or individual stocks and you sell them and buy similar funds but different to comply with wash sale rules. And so let's say that you harvest $50,000 in losses during this crash. Well, fast forward three, four years and maybe you want to free up some capital to make a purchase. Uh, but you're in a high-income year or you're just trying to stay in the 0% tax bracket, well, you can sell $50,000 worth of gains and that 50,000 loss that you did years ago can can wipe away that entire gain. And so long story short, uh, it gives you flexibility. It gives you options. Um, I would call it a tax asset to harvest losses. You can use 3,000 a year against income. You can also count it against future gains. There's a lot of uses, uh, for tax losses, and so you want to be diligent to uh take advantage of those while the market's down,
1: yeah, and to summarize you know managing and- managing yourself and your portfolio in a bear market, it comes down to two two things it comes down to good defense right not making any decisions that you're gonna regret or that are super rash you know super rash decisions, but that's only part of it. It's also offense working with a qualified professional to take inventory of all these opportunities and continue to to move the ball forward um so bear markets are part of investing and and to be clear, they never feel fun, uh, but we're confident that that we'll get the, through this one and on the other side of the future, there's going to be another one. We'll be ready for that one too. And
2: Jared, how many market crashes did you say we've had in, since 26?
1: Yeah. 1926, uh, 18.
2: 18. And that doesn't count 11 or 2018 that were kind of market crashes too. So I'm pretty confident that we're probably going to have 20 more market crashes in the next century. Uh, So important to keep that in mind.
1: Yeah, that's part of it. Bear Market Survival Guide. Uh, Let us know if you have any questions or ideas for future episodes. We'd love to hear from our listeners. Podcast at brownleewealthmanagement.com. Thanks. We'll see you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. You can subscribe or connect with us at brownleewealthmanagement.com. Or send ideas for future episodes to podcast at brownleewealthmanagement.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Nothing discussed during this show or episode should be viewed as investment, legal, and tax advice. If you have questions pertaining to your specific situation, please consult the appropriate qualified professional.